During this episode, Ari Tula, CEO of LO Health, joins us to discuss how he and his team are applying cutting-edge precision AI to personal health biomarkers to improve nutrition over time. Additionally, Ari shares how he is tapping into his experience as a video game developer to apply game mechanics to the healthcare industry to develop and sustain healthier habits. Join us to learn how Ari and the LO Health team are applying personal health biomarkers to deliver precision to nutrition. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Ari, greetings, my friend, and welcome to our podcast. Great to be here, Mike. Well, given your story, career, and healthcare innovation as an investor and entrepreneur, coupled with your current mission to transform food from the leading cause of disease to medicine, I'm fired up for this very important conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passion to Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Ari. It's almost time for our community to learn how you and the LO Health team are building cutting-edge AI to apply to personal health biomarkers that deliver precision to nutrition. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Thank you. I think the key point today that I look at every day is the fact that we are spending about 98% of the healthcare cost, about $4 trillion a year, in fixing people who are already sick. That's why we call it sick care. And only about 2% on preventing people getting sick. So that's what we try to do at LO and turn it upside down. Spend more money on preventing sickness, not only treating it. All right, you're coming out the gates. You're already provocative. I'm joking, obviously. I'm completely cynical right now. You're being very provocative, my friend. I mean, my gosh, we have $4 trillion being spent on sick care. I'm glad you said it. It needs to be said. We cannot keep doing what we're doing over and over and over as a nation. We're bankrupting this country, both financially and the health of every American. It is not sustainable. And I'm glad you call it out. We have got to start getting to health and care. And I know we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So Ari, have you thought about that? Not only, you know, with LO Health, which we're going to get into after the commercial break, but is that something through your journey as an entrepreneur that that is always kept you up at night or something you thought about of why are we spending so much money on reactionary sick care? How do we start changing the mindset as a nation to get to health and care? Is that something that's been thematic through your career? So I'm a very typical healthcare entrepreneur who came from the tech. I spent almost 15 years in uh, the world of video games, building games and, and all the fun stuff and trying to get people kind of hooked by, you know, the fun UI that we call a game. And I got here it's a long story, but it, it started about 20 years ago. My wife basically had a thyroid tumor that uh, was taken out 
And that caused a lot of, you know, autoimmune hormonal imbalances and stuff like that. And it made it very difficult for us to get pregnant, almost impossible. So, of course, you know, 20-something in love and you want to have a family. So we spent about a decade working with the Western, the Eastern medicine, both in the Europe and the US. And in the end, we found out that diet was the key that unlocked our problems. And we were able to finally get pregnant. So I'm a massive believer that food can be medicine. And I think we are neglecting that today. We have most of us, 75% of people are now overweight or obese. And more and more people are getting there. We are not making any impact on lowering the rate. And at the same time, we are still subsidizing the food industry. Talk about, you know, uh, high fructose corn syrup, the corn, the soy. And it's just interesting. Like we spent all this money on the wrong things. And we all know we are doing the wrong thing, but we can't help ourselves. We are addicted to sugar. We are addicted to this mix of, you know, sugar, salt, and fat. And that is really difficult conundrum. Maybe one of the most difficult things today in our society to turn upside down. Well, and I know you guys are getting after it at LO Health. We're going to talk about that in just a moment and all the wonderful things happen in your camp. But I appreciate the mindset that you're bringing. We need more leaders thinking like this, calling it out, looking at it straight in the face and calling it what it is. Again, we cannot continue on this path it's, that we are in this current landscape that we call healthcare and this current landscape of what what we're consuming these are just not sustainable for us as americans and really citizens of the globe so glad you set the stage we're going to unpack everything that's happening at lo health the reasons why how it came to be all of that good stuff after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus, or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Ari Tula, CEO of Ella Health. Ari, thank you so much. You really set the stage on the front end of this podcast, talking about you know what we are addicted to as a nation. Some of the things that I know we're going to dive into more here about what's happening in Ella Health, why, where you guys are going, where the industry is going, how we can help you, of course, and being able to really think through these massive shifts we need we need to create in our country. But of course, Ari, you've had a storied career. You've invested in some amazing companies, some that I'm very, very much a fan of. You've had a wonderful story career throughout, and then you launch your company, LO Health. Take us through that journey. How did it come to be? Where were the aha moments? Where were the light bulbs? How did LO Health become what it is today? Let's start there, and then we'll start working into where it is today, where it's going to be tomorrow, all that good stuff. Give us that little bit of that insight. How did it come to be in the first place? 
Yeah. I mean, there's always a story. And in my case, it's, it's such a personal story because it really started from these struggles we had almost 20 years ago, trying to get pregnant, trying to kind of fix, you know, my wife's health conditions. And sometimes, you know, luck doesn't come your way. So after we got finally pregnant in the U.S., our first son died. And it was really like a traumatic moment in both of us. You know, I think losing your child is like the worst thing that happened to you. And at that moment, you know, my wife took a different path and she became a Kondo consultant working with Marie Kondo. I went from being, you know, building video games. I decided to work in healthcare for the next 30 years. We also started our small family fund, investing in the healthcare companies that are trying to make the human life better and longer. And it's been amazing, right? I mean, I had two ideas when I started and I was a healthcare super user. I knew a lot, but I didn't know the system. And the system is a very, very complex, like you well know. So I had two ideas. I had the company that was about finding a doctor. We couldn't find the right doctor to help us to save our son. At the same time, we had this idea of, you know, nutrition is medicine. So we had better doctor and then we had company idea called social food at the same time. And we picked the first one, better doctor, because it felt too difficult to build a nutrition company in uh, 2010. There was no platform available. It was just too messy, too complicated. Food delivery was in the infancy. The science wasn't there. The biomarker testing wasn't there. So we built the better doctor first. I mean, that became one of the leading companies in helping people find doctors. Like today, that company is called Quest Analytics, and we help about 200 million people to find a doctor each year in the US. We have the backbone data building the doctor networks. So it feels so good that you know you have done one key problem that you had yourself, and we got it to market. And now I've been really going back to the to the core, which is, and I've been waiting to do this for 20 years. I've been so excited now to finally see that there is a market available to build what we want to do at ELO. And the core idea, as I said already, is really to turn food from the leading cause of disease to your best medicine. That's what we try to do. And it's an idea that everybody believes in. I've been talking to thousands of people in the last two years, and everybody says, we want to see this happen. But believing and saying is easy. Doing is a whole other story. I mean, this is going to be very difficult because we are kind of going and fighting against the big food, maybe even the big healthcare, who might not want to see this happen. Because we're talking about, as I said, $4 trillion spent on the sick care. What if we are not sick anymore in the same way? There's a lot of money to be distributed. And let me just give you a couple of numbers that, you know, are maybe new to even the industry folks like us. Food is the biggest single market in the world. $9 trillion globally. Healthcare is the third biggest after real estate, that's second, about $8 trillion. Today in the US, we have about 4% of population in the world, 4%. We spend about 12% of the food cost in the world. So about $1 trillion or so. That's roughly the market. But think about this. In the US, we have 4% of the population and we are spending over 40% of the healthcare dollars. So how can we over-index by four times the food in this country. There is not a single other market where we are overspending that much. And that to me is like such a bizarre number that there's no other market or country in the world who has one area of economy we are overspending so much. 
So there must be something completely wrong in the way we think about healthcare. And I appreciate you framing it up that way, Ari, but let me just call it out for devil's advocacy sake, because we actually talk, you know, you know we hang out in a lot of the same circles, could be fortunate to be able to spend time with some of our industry's best innovators. And we say this a lot, and I think it's true. Healthcare is running exactly how it was supposed to be, right? This is a huge machine. You said there's a lot of stakeholders that are in place and are not going to relinquish their position very easily or very quickly, right? So you hear a lot of people say, well, this thing's running exactly how it was designed, whether it be from policy, whether it be from, you know, who the stakeholders are, et cetera. And then, or you bring up an area I'm not as much of an expert in, but you obviously are because you've been waiting for so long and studying this space, but the food industry, it sounds like there's a lot of the same things there. Are there stakeholders there that are so entrenched, it's going to be hard to break through that? But then also, before you answer that, layer on top, you said something very important a couple of minutes ago. You mentioned the market, you were waiting for the market conditions to be right. So given how I just set the stage of how things maybe are running exactly how they were designed to be, not saying it's the best and optimal for us as consumers or us as citizens of this country or this globe, coupled that with this whole notion of market conditions. What does that all look like to you? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because we all know that if you study to be an MD, a doctor, you have one class of nutrition science, one class out of hundreds of classes. So these two areas don't cross-pollinate at all. And let me give one anecdote that I mean was maybe the biggest single surprise to me. We all know SNAP. SNAP is the food stamps, food subsidy program. 7% of the SNAP dollars are spent on soda today. That's $7 billion of money spent on soda. And that $7 billion will cost us $100 billion at the back of the envelope on diabetes and so forth, obesity, medication we're giving to people. So we take government money, our money, and we give 7 billion people to the people who need you know, nutrition and food, and then they buy soda and it will cost us $100 billion. That's just how difficult and linked these two things can be. And very few of us are talking about food, nutrition, and healthcare in the same sentence. And that's what I'm trying to kind of bring here together. As I said, the number one biggest industry in the world is food. By the way, think about it. That's the point. Nine trillion dollars. A car industry is two trillion. Oil is two trillion. It's like eight times bigger the oil that we are talking now, you know, that is causing a war today in Europe. So we are talking about massive things and healthcare, again, four times more than automotive, four times bigger than oil and gas. So think about those numbers and you combine those together. We're talking about the 40% of the any given country's CDP is together healthcare and the food. So if you combine those together, you're going to have this industry that is, you know, basically most of the business we have in the world. And what if they could come together? What if you could take healthcare dollars and move them into the food? And what if you every dollar you invest in good food, you could get maybe $3 back and lower the cost of healthcare? What if that's true? And I believe it is, by the way. We're going to have a different world because we always ask about how can we lower the cost of the healthcare system in the US? I mean, you know better and we don't need to go in detail, but you have you have three different things. You have pharma, the medication, medical devices. You have the providers, hospitals, doctors, and then you have the payers. And they all are incentivized in a way that are not aligned at all. And the triangle just gets getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year, every day. And nothing we can do about that. 
before we change the incentives and nobody has any will to do that. So that's kind of the food and the healthcare conundrum that we have to kind of somehow understand in one sentence. But then last point, thinking about the market fundamentals. You know, I was in mid-90s, I was building video games. And when you built like a monster in a video game, you had to create the AI algorithm, how they behave when you click your mouse or you use a keyboard or game controller. It was like like a full stack development. You have to develop the, the character, all these things. How do you develop games today? You go to Unity. It's a game development platform that you basically have actors in a green screen. So the actors are acting, and then there's a model. Let's make this monster evil. And there's an AI system that makes it evil, and it's like building a Legos. You don't need to know C++ anymore. So that's what happens in an industry in 30 years. In food, let's say 10 years ago, there was no platforms available for delivering food from place A to B. Think about DoorDash or Uber Eats. There was no way to test people's biomarkers like blood or urine or stuff like that at home. Now we have COVID testing that we can do in five minutes and we see the results. This is something that happened in the last decade. So I think if you want to build something really big, there has to be infrastructure available that will give you the Legos that you can bind together. And I believe we are getting there now in the food as well. On healthcare, you know well, you're part of the machinery. There are a lot of Legos already you can put together. It's not perfect by any means, but we are ahead a lot compared to the food. Well, let's talk about your Legos, Ari. There's a lot going on in your camp. You've set the stage. This is wonderful in regards to really framing up the problem at hand, but the opportunity as well. And as you mentioned, right, let's preface it again. There's a lot of market conditions that need to line up and that we could have a whole nother episode on policy and value-based care and us going there, you know, so there's all that as well, but let's stay focused. Let's talk about your Legos as well. Ari, what is Elo Health? I'm going to ask you for that elevator pitch. And then again, we're going to talk about where you guys are today, how things are going and then where you see things heading in the future, but give us that pitch. What is Elo? Elo is really, as I said, food as medicine. What we do, we take your biomarkers and at Elo biomarkers are broadly your blood. So we collect your blood at home. We send it to lab, we get your lab results in a few days. We also connect ELO into your wearable devices. Think about your Aura Ring, your Apple Watch, your Scale, and we can connect that via the Apple Health, and you can enable ELO to get all the data that you want to give us. It's all going to be up to you if you want to do it. If you don't, so be it. And we take that information then, and we turn it into a nutrition plan for you. What type of nutrition you need to be healthy or get healthy. And then we basically, we deliver you that nutrition. And we test you again daily. Think about sleep, recovery, HRV, weekly. Think about your weight, quarterly. Think about your biomarkers again. Every 90 days, we test your blood again to understand what happened. And every time we do something, we get more data. We optimize and calibrate again and give you better and better fitting nutrition. We started this from perspective of doing the blood testing, connecting the wearable devices. We are throwing in a mix a dietitian who is basically working with you one-on-one to bring the human touch, bring the trust, really understand what you want. And then we are delivering you in the beginning supplements in a monthly boxes that are customized to you based on many, many, many different permutations. And of course, that's the beginning. And we, I talk about food. Of course, we're going to go food fairly soon as well. 
And then also let's stay there for a moment as well. Are when you talk about some of those initial tests to, you know, get me into the system, if you will, are we looking at recurrent tests? How often is that? Maybe pretend Mike is a customer for a bit. What does this look like for him down the road? Are we doing recurrent tests? Is there a time frame? What does it look like once he's in the system? Yeah, we test every 90 days for the blood. That is kind of the right cadence of blood testing because you can have an impact. What we do as a test today, we do the full lipid panel. Think about your cholesterols, LDL, HDL, BLDL, and so forth. We also test your A1C at the diabetes marker. We do the common vitamins and minerals like vitamin D, B12. We look at your inflammation. Homocysteine is a very unique inflammation marker. And we also look at some minerals like iron to understand where are you today. And that's pretty much the biggest panel you can do at home today, collecting blood at home and then sending to a lab. There's a huge innovation happening today, at home testing collection. So we believe that, you know, a year from now, we can test probably more than 100 biomarkers, even 200, because the market is leaping forward rapidly at the moment. But we started with the test that, you know, it's kind of the same test that you get if you go to an expensive concierge doctor today and pay maybe 10,000 a year. And what does it look like for, you know, some of the consumers working with Ella? What does it look like for them to bring in their specialist or if they have a care team? You know, I live in Denver. If I have a care team here in Denver, what does that experience look like as well? Yeah, great question. So we wanted to build a non-healthcare healthcare company from the get-go. I started in healthcare over 10 years ago. And, you know, many companies at that time were D2C companies, direct to consumer. And now in the last years, we have seen mainly B2B, B2E companies that are going to payer, employer, or government. And we decided to build ELO in the beginning as a pure D2C company. So it's going to be people paying $99 a month for getting the whole setup of uh, testing 90 days, the codes of dietitian helping you, and then the supplementation on a monthly basis. And we believe we can build a pretty big number of people in ELO with that type of model. And of course, you know, we fully well know and we hope that there will be this integration of healthcare and the food in the next five years where there will be subsidies coming into play from the employer, from the government and from the payers as well. And you mentioned in some of your taglines, obviously the use and leverage of AI for people that are new to this space and still learning it. Cause like you said, it is growing by leaps and bounds. A lot of people are still just getting their introduction into this world. What does the AI piece look like to all of this? And not just today, but even tomorrow. How big is the AI component? It is super cool. And I think just put the perspective again, like healthcare is and the food is big. So today we work in this tiny box of, you know, optimizing your micronutrients and your health by supplementing. That's just the one small piece of the puzzle. Yet we have over 100 million Americans today who eat supplement pills every day. 100 million of them don't know what they do to you. They don't know if they eat the right ones. They don't know if the outcomes are there. Nobody's testing if they do anything. We are one of the first companies now to implement a test. So how do we know what to give to people? So we built a first AI model based on all the clinical studies done to human beings around the world, not only the US. So we have about three and a half thousand studies that are covering all the 80 or so different active compounds of nutrients we have. So think about this in a way. We can find the clinical studies that are relevant for you based on where you are, who you are, your gender, your race, your age, and your biomarkers and health conditions. So maybe, you know, you fit into 50 of those studies, and those studies are then defining 
what dosing of which supplements and nutrients you get at any given time. So that was done last year. And then last year, we've been kind of running a clinical trial with this small number of people. And in that process, we basically have had the dietitians and uh, the clinicians have been working with people and we've been building the improvement models, like what would they improve? And now basically we use random forest algorithms to create a machine learning model for the dietitian. And the machine learning is now equally good as the person. And the next step is really getting to the cool stuff because now we are either validating or invalidating all of the clinical trials. Many of them are small, maybe 50 people. Many of them are paid by the industry, like you know, food companies and so forth. And we already see that many of the studies, maybe even 30%, are not repeatable. And we have a bigger N already, much bigger N, maybe 10 times more people, and it doesn't come out in the same result. So it's really interesting, like, you know, we are likely going to be publishing new papers starting next year on a monthly basis on the findings we are creating with our own platform. What an exciting time. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. All right. Obviously, you're fired up about this. This is why I wanted to have you on here because this is such a fascinating topic to me. So thank you for bringing the heat there, my friend. I got to ask before we start to, you know, turning gears a bit and looking towards kind of into the crystal ball, where things are heading for this rapidly growing space and where you guys are heading as an organization. I got to ask one more question because I'm just so curious, given your experience as a video game builder, and of course, you know, as well as I do, you know, as we move towards increasing the heat on value-based care, and that means having the consumer being part of the equation, having them having skin in the game. What does gamification look like? Is that on your roadmap? I know you're a video game builder. I love gamification and health and care. Is that something that you guys are toying with? Well, I was in the first, uh, there's a CDC happening next week in San Francisco. It's the Game Developer Conference, the biggest game store in the world, 25,000 people in the city. Saying Matt Google was there giving a talk about 13 years ago and she coined the term gamification when I was in the room with 20 other people. And I know her pretty well. So it's fun to kind of go back in that word. And I'm not the biggest fan of the idea, but the concept I really like. So yeah, I'm actually right today starting to hire people for the, the product team. And we actually starting to hire people from the game side, people who built these mobile games that are played by billions of people. And they now want to do something worthwhile with that skill they have for real humans. Think about if we can make this ELO as addictive as the Glass of Glance or the Glass Royale or you know whatever the Angry Birds, how cool that would be. And by the way, all of those games I mentioned, you know, they're Founders are investors in this company already. <laughs> so we have a really good link up into that world. And I would love to make it happen. And I think the best help apps like the Aura, the Whoop, I mean, they are games already. And there's so much we can learn about it. So let's use this magic dust of gaming to make us more addictive to the right things, eating well, you know, moving more, sleeping better, and so forth. I'm so glad I asked the question, Ari, because I think I just signed you up for episode two down the road. Where are they now? How's the gaming part of Ello? I had to ask it. I'm glad I did. What an exciting, and it sounds like you guys are already there, starting to hire some of those experts. How cool. 
I cannot wait to hear more of the developments in that camp. So let's start pulling out the crystal ball, my friend. Let's start looking a little future state. Like you said, this industry is growing by leaps and bounds. Just the things that you're seeing on the horizon in the next, you know, nine to 12 months and game changing. What does this look like for the next three to five years for us? What does it look like also for the company? Where do you see things heading? You know, we kind of just alluded a little bit to it on the gaming aspect. Where are things heading for us? What do we need to be mindful of as industry leaders rallied around this podcast? should we be considering? What should we be mindful of? What are you seeing in that crystal ball, my friend? There's a really interesting development that happened in the last 48 months because of COVID. My industry, where I'm trying to kind of bottle up the healthcare and food, make it together, we call this smart nutrition. Early on at Nokia, I was in the first team at Nokia that started the N95, the first smartphone before iPhone and Android. I was there in the trenches. And we didn't call that smartphone. We call it mobile computer. Stupid us. But you know, then later, you know, my buddy, he built the Apple Watch and he called it smartwatch and they were smarter. I think there will be smart cars, smart homes. There will be smart nutrition. And we want to be one of the companies coining that term. And I don't know if you heard about the term before. Let's say you heard first from me. I mean, that's going to be a big market, I think. And we're going to all use products that are smart nutrition in the next 10 years. What happened in the COVID? Number one, biotracking and wearable devices became ubiquitous. Almost half the people today have a device. It will be 100% in 10 years from now. Biomarker testing and home testing, home collection, started with the COVID. It expanded by 50 times almost in the last two years. And it will be 100% in the next 10 years. And lastly, food delivery. 20% of people had tried food delivery beginning of COVID. 55% of people have done it today. So basically, you ask me what happens in five years. We are already in 2026 in this market because of the COVID that so sped up all these changes. And what will happen with LO, I think, five years from today, I hope we can talk again. And I hope I can say that we made it. I hope we have a company that you can basically sign up. You will get smartly curated nutrition to you that will keep you healthy, hopefully gives you 10 more years to live. Or if you are sick, it can reverse back to diabetes, hypertension, and maybe even help you with certain cancers. That's what I want to build. And I mean, maybe I fail, but you know, there will be somebody who will build a company in this space that will be in the same scope as you know Amazon and Google are today. What an exciting, you know, what's in front of us is incredibly exciting. And you're 100% spot on, Ari. All of these different market factors that need to make this come to reality. We're completely accelerated during the pandemic and we're not going to put those genies back in the bottle. They're here. We've seen major cultural shifts and changes on how we do operate and do things like you just mentioned all, you laid it all out brilliantly. So that, you know, what we were thinking about in five to 10 years is now on our doorstep, right? And so an exciting time, we have to keep our eyes on this space. It is going to accelerate even faster with amazing leaders like you pushing the envelope. But with that, of course, we have incredible leaders rallied around our podcast that are fired up about this stuff. So Ari, what is one problem, need, or question that you guys have today that our community can be helping you with? I think we are, as any leading edge innovator, we are struggling with a few things. How do we get the best people on our side? We are looking at you know advisors from, as an example, in the clinical space. Who is the best person in the world to help us to build the future of biomarker testing? I would love to talk to a person like that. Also, we are a company that you know raised the first round of funding from 125 founders. And we're going to continue adding 
maybe not to lead investors, but we are looking to add people from the industry who want to make a difference. So anyone wants to invest in this cool stuff, you know, call me. We are always happy to take small investors who are passionate about this stuff that we are building. Well, in order to do that, Ari, we need to be able to get a hold of you. So where are some contact points online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? How does our community get a hold of you and the team? The easiest to find out about Elo is to go to www.elo.health. That's a website that you can actually sign up today. We opened the service in, in January, and it's growing pretty quickly. Looking at you know myself, you know I'm Ari Tulla. I'm probably the only one with my name in the world. So I'm the easiest person to find online. You can use Twitter, you can use LinkedIn and any channel. Always happy to talk, always excited to be part of this community. I just really want to see the healthcare moving forward every day. Well, for our community that's active on LinkedIn, because I know a lot of you are, Ari is definitely active over there. So make sure you find him over on LinkedIn. And of course, all those contact points he just listed will be in the episode notes. Just simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player, click on through to get a hold of Ari and the team. You can also head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There'll be a post for this episode where you can leave feedback, suggestions, or otherwise in the comments section and find all of those contact points to get a hold of Ari and the team again over at passionatepioneers.com. Ari, I think we did. I think we signed up both of us for a take two, a part two on this conversation. There's a lot to be discussed, much more. I'm really, really excited about the gaming aspect. I'm telling you, we're going to have a great conversation. Part two coming up here in the next number of months. I'm looking forward to it. But before we get you out of here on part one, I have one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate pioneer because I believe food is medicine. And it has been for us and my family and all the struggles we had for 15 years or so. We have now two healthy, wonderful kids to prove it. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for bringing it all together there, Ari. And of course, thank you so much for spending time with us today. What a wonderful story. You guys are on an incredible journey and mission. Keep us posted. Like I said, we're going to come back together again, have another episode down the road. But for now, Ari, thank you so much for taking the time of a pit stop here on our podcast, spending time with our community. Thank you for all that you do, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.